0: So you have a dream. I bet it's a big, crazy, amazing dream that gets you all fired up when you think about it. But how do you make it happen? The fastest way to achieve your dreams is with a plan. And no one makes a plan better than today's guest. Today, we're going to take you from idea to creation of some really interesting projects and share some very entertaining stories along the way. So prepare to be inspired. You're listening to The Positively Delighted Show, episode number three. Welcome to The Positively Delighted Show. I'm your host, Kelsey Henry, and in this podcast, we'll be creating a positive mindset through inspirational interviews, music, stories, and exercises for building happy habits. Welcome to episode number three and boy do I have a special treat prepared for you today because today's guest is Alyssa Paget, one half of the mega popular RV blog com. In 2014, Alyssa convinced her husband Heath to take her to all 50 states for their honeymoon and somehow he tricked her into doing it all in an RV. They've been living and traveling in an RV ever since. I wanted to bring Alyssa on the show today because A, she's one of my closest friends and I could talk to her for days, and B, she has so much knowledge about making things happen. This is something that I know I need in my life and I'm pretty sure that others will as well. I'm naturally a starter. I love to start things, but I'm not always so great at finishing them because I keep wanting to start new things and it's an endless cycle. But I'm working on the habits of becoming a finisher, and this is mainly due to conversations with Alyssa, where I have asked her to help me plan out my life. No one plans like Alyssa. She's a girl with a plan, and she and Heath make stuff happen in their life and in their business. They have traveled to all 50 states filmed and released a documentary called Hourly America, grew a Facebook group to over 10,000 members, launched a podcast called The RV Entrepreneur, created a conference for RV entrepreneurs, and both wrote books in the RV space. Currently, Heath is running his podcast and working on his startup, Campground Booking, and Alyssa has launched her book on Amazon and is killing it as a bestseller in the RVing category. All this while maintaining their website, writing blog posts, oh, and creating travel vlogs in addition to traveling full-time in an RV. Many of the guests that I will have on this show are amazing people that I have met at the RV Entrepreneur Summit, so you will hear this mentioned a lot in future episodes. I'm excited for you to hear more about this event and why it is so special, It's due to Heath and Alyssa's hard work, dedication, and dreaming that this event and community exists. I hope in this interview, you'll see the power of what dreams can become, and you'll be inspired to move forward towards yours. In the interview, we cover a range of subjects and get a behind-the-scenes look into the ups and downs of bringing these dreams to life. Alyssa has some great tips for us on how we can put together our own plan for achieving our greatest dreams. So let's get into the interview with Alyssa Padgett from heathandalyssa.com. Alyssa, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Kelsey. I'm so excited to talk to you for so many different reasons. I mean, obviously, because you're like one of my best friends. So (laughs) we could talk for ages. But also because so many people that I know personally in my life and who will also be on this show have to do with you and Heath because I've met them through you or through one of your events or just through you in general or just through our being so I feel like every time I, I'm gonna do a podcast episode it's gonna be like oh yeah well because of Heath and Alyssa blah blah blah
1: <laughs> that's so funny because really you're my only friend
0: whatever <laughs> so popular Alyssa Padgett she's so humble
1: well, you are the only person that I actually feel like I talk to every day. So really, you're just you're a cut above. So that's why they're all coming on your podcast, because it's so amazing. Like you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I, I do. <laughs> I, I really do feel very honored. I know we've been friends for several years now. But whenever you send me a message and you're like, I just had to send this to you because you're the only one that will understand. I just get so excited.
1: It's important to have a person like that in your life where you can say anything and you know at the end of the day they'll still be your friend even though like sometimes you're just a horrible person.
0: <laughs> in my case. <laughs> like before I we got on this call, I was like, I went shopping at JCPenney and they wouldn't take my coupon more than three times. Like I'm really upset that they would not take my coupon like the ten times I was trying to use it. It's very upset.
1: <laughs> this is a good use of your podcasting power. Like Thank you. Call out JCPenney, guys listening they're obviously all listening obviously you need to be more respectful of your customers
0: couponing my couponing it's so important guys <laughs> like you just don't understand it was it was actually really sad I walked it out of there like really disappointed in the things I spent money on because I felt like I was kind of denied my couponing right
1: isn't that the worst feeling when you think something's gonna be cheaper and then you get up to the register and you realize how expensive it is but like you don't want to seem cheap and yeah. not get it <laughs> Even though you really don't want it anymore.
0: Just describing my whole evening right now. (laughs) So whole evening. So, oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. Well, I appreciate that you put up with my quirky hobbies and (laughs) things like my couponing. And one of the things that I specifically wanted to talk to you about today, because I know this is something that I really struggle with. I, I start projects and I'm really good at starting them, but I'm not so great at finishing them. And like actually bringing that dream to life. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I feel like I'm constantly coming to you because you're like, I have this dream, I'm gonna go do it. And then a couple months later, oh, yeah, that dream is like that baby is like grown and off to college. (laughs) And it's like doing really well financially on its own. And so I'm over here like, okay, Alyssa, how do I create a plan that will bring my dreams to life? And how can I go from being that starter to actually being a finisher having all of these grown projects just you know like spreading their wings and flying
1: (laughs) that's such a loaded question yes it's like how do you how do you accomplish anything i i don't have like a secret or anything like that if that's what you're looking for
0: i do have a few breakdown questions okay i want to unbox the things that are in your mind
1: okay that's really what what i'm going for I like that
0: because I mean I, I mentioned a few things in the intro about the things that you and Heath have accomplished but I mean you've accomplished some pretty big things already in your life I mean you guys <laughs> went on a tour of all 50 states you mm-hmm. filmed a documentary I mean you bought an RV I mean that's like how old were you guys when you hit the road you were like 23? 23 23 Yeah. 23 yeah you basically bought a home I mean, you did it was on wheels yes. when you're twenty three. Yes. and then you you guys also like you created a conference and this huge <laughs> following, and you both have written books. and now your book is on Amazon and it's a number one bestseller. I'd say that as far as like life accomplishments go, like you got a pretty good pace of just like knocking things off
1: and I think what's funny about that, and i've I've read articles about this because there's kind of this phenomenon. because one, okay, it sounds so cool and you like list off all these things that I've done because it's like oh yeah yeah, I did that I did this and you hear a list form you're like man I'm actually pretty cool but I was reading this article and it was like nobody knows what they're doing and everyone who looks like they have all their stuff together is really just thinking what am I doing with my life and uh, like the past couple weeks pretty much every single day Heath and I have looked at each other and been like what are we even doing (laughs) with our lives like What is going on? And part of that has been because we were gonna like go to Canada Mm -hmm. the other day. And then we we ended up in Alabama. And it's just, you know, what is life? What are we even doing?
0: But you're living spontaneous, you know, you're living on the edge. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I was so not a spontaneous person before we started RVing, which is a totally different thing.
0: Really funny to think about like pre RVing Alyssa.
1: Before we did our first year on the road, like, okay, you're talking about planning, making things happen. Yeah. We knew we knew we wanted to do the lower 48 from – we were leaving after our wedding, and we wanted to be home for Christmas, like any, you know, newlyweds would mm-hmm. want to do. They want to you know, start family traditions for Christmas. So we had seven months to do the lower 48 and, you know, make it all the way back to Texas. And we're like, well, we'll worry about Hawaii and Alaska later. So for those seven months, I had – seven, you know, calendars printed out and I had written down every single place where we were going to stop and I had written down like the drive times and I had broken down the drive times, estimating that we could drive a maximum of Google Maps five hours a day, which would be more like six, seven hours our time. I, I had it all broken out like day to day. Yeah. Like that, that was the extent of my planning. Also I was unemployed at the time. So I had time <laughs> to
0: to do things like that. That helps, you know,
1: <laughs> that really, really helps. I've noticed that now because now I don't plan like anything of where we're going. We kind of just fly by the seat of our pants mm-hmm. and I'm like, when did I become this person? And it's really not that it's personality trait. It's just that I don't have time to plan ahead or I don't mm-hmm. make it a priority to plan ahead. So we just kind of end up wherever. That's where we're parked in a friend's backyard right now, because
0: it just happened. I don't know. I feel like there's also something really cool about just saying that to you're like, Oh, yeah, I'm actually like doing pretty well for myself in life. And yes, I am parked in the back of someone's backyard right now. Like what do you what? do you, I don't care. I don't care what you think.
1: Yes, best-selling author lives in Backyard in Trailer.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all the way you look at it.
1: <laughs> it's all true. It's me. Life is complicated.
0: That's really funny to think about. And I mean, that that's really amazing. So when you were planning all of that out, I mean, you're saying like, you're like, well, we're going to drive like five hours a day. I just knowing like from my road trips, I've been on five hours of drive time usually gets extended to like seven mm-hmm. because you stop. You have to go to the bathroom a lot, you have to eat. Mm -hmm. And then, like, if you see anything on the way, and I mean you guys had to film while he worked a job in every state. How did that change after that? Like, what did it end up kind of morphing into once you got on the road?
1: Honestly, that whole year, like fortunately a lot of it is on film. It's just a blur in my mind. Because we were driving every day we didn't have a car we didn't tow a car so we were just in our old like 21 because it was 21 years old um Mm -hmm. motorhome at the back at the time and we were driving every single day we were working these jobs I was filming almost every single day and I had no film experience and if you've ever learned anything new in your life which obviously you have (laughs) um you know how exhausting it is like mentally taxing when you're learning something new, especially when you're doing it every day and then add on on top of it. And you're just so you're so tired all the time, but it's, it's stupid because it's that kind of tired that like you can't complain about whenever you're like, yeah, like when you quit your job and you're pursuing a new business or when you start traveling and you start doing the digital nomad thing, you suddenly enter the space of your life where you are no longer to complain about anything because people just like throw it back in your face. Or, so like,
0: true.
1: <laughs> it, and it's so annoying because I so wish that someone would have told me back then, hey, traveling is exhausting. Like yeah. your brain is having to process new places and new locations every single day. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be going on overdrive all the time. And it's going to be tiring and like build in time to recuperate. Because if I think if Heath and I would have done that as we're you know, during our first year, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot easier if we just like known to give ourselves that kind of grace. Yeah. It would have been a lot easier. But I kind of have taken that into account whenever we're doing anything new. I'm like, I cannot do anything new if we're going to be traveling a lot during a time period, because I know that I, I physically and mentally won't have the ability to actually do it to the level it needs to be done, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I think that totally makes sense. Because I mean, I'm just thinking about Like you said, anytime you learn something new, even if it's something you want to be doing – It still takes like so much mental bandwidth to focus in on something, to understand it and to practice it and just doing things over and over. And I'm sure there was a lot of pressure too that every time you went somewhere, like you wanted to capture as much as you possibly could because you didn't really know what to use yet. You didn't, you know, like you wanted to make sure you captured it. You want to make sure you saved it, backed it up, all this stuff, all these new things. And you're like, well, I may know something new tomorrow, but like I need to do everything I can today because we're not going to come back to this job you know right
1: there's no second chances that's the thing about film which i've definitely learned cuz we filmed weddings for a long time is that yeah you, you don't get a second chance if you're not filming it in the moment it's lost forever and so well, having that like <laughs> stress on your shoulders oh my gosh it's so intimidating and um once this is a random story we i lost 2 days worth of footage once when i was trying to like dump and offload cards and save them and get everything backed up on hard drives and it was the most stressful thing I was like I know I did everything right but Heath's computer had been giving like this error message about being out of space and so I was like oh crap I didn't I didn't think about that when I was using Heath's computer to like
0: offload Mm -hmm. all this footage
1: and I'm freaking out and I cannot find it Anywhere, and I had already like cleaned the actual oh, memory parts no. off, and so it was just the worst thing. I had to tell Heath, like, Heath, I messed up. I honestly don't know what happened. I like, I followed all the steps, like, I did the process that I always do, and it's gone. I can't find it. Almost a year later, Heath is cleaning out his computer because. He always gets a computer with like too small of hard drive space Mm -hmm. and he always fills that up. So he's like going through trying to find stuff that he can delete, you know, to make more room. And he finds all those two days of footage like tucked away back in that old app. Uh. that uh, The app that Max used to come with like photos before they did photo streams like iPhoto or something. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It was just it was tucked away in a folder like that. Mm. And because it was around the time that, you know, Apple updated those apps and replaced it or whatever, it just got lost in the shuffle. And so that was a really good lesson for me.
0: Oh, my <laughs> that goodness. It,
1: that it was useless for me to stress out and cry over this last footage because it was totally there the whole time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know what made me think of that story. but, you you know, but it's, it's stressful.
0: Like when you're trying to learn these things and technology, even technology, like before this podcast, I was trying to make sure, like, is my audio working? And it was doing some weird connectivity things. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to do Skype. It's just my audio. Can you not give me this? And I had to go through <laughs> my computer because Skype didn't have a setting for that. Why don't you have that? I know you do, but I can't find it. You know, it's just things like yes. that. So a lot of googling. A lot of googling. Yes, I all had to do time. that for this. But yeah, <laughs> so I think that that all kind of works into this because I feel like having a plan will help you keep structure. So, like, when something like this comes up, at least you don't just, like, go off the rails. At least because you guys, like, you had this plan to go to all 50 states. You weren't just, like, filming is hard. I give up. Mm -hmm. Do you think that if you guys hadn't been, like, okay, we're actually going to go to all 50 states, like, if you had just been, like, all right, let's just hit the road, Mm -hmm. would you have had a documentary?
1: Yeah, I think that's where having really clear goals definitely comes into play. Because, yeah, if we had just said we're going to hit the road after that day – I could tell you we probably would have stopped because that day we drove from Omaha, which is where we were, mm-hmm. which it's already a place where people don't really want to be. And we drove all the way down to Texas all in that day because I was so, like, we just kind of hit that wall yeah. mentally and emotionally of like, we cannot do this. Like I've lost all this footage from two days of work. And it's like, well, why did Keith even, you know, work these two jobs if we don't even have any footage of it yeah. for the film? And it was this whole thing. So we, we went home because we needed time to just, like, recover and get our heads back on straight. Yeah. And I think if we hadn't had that goal of actually going to all 50 states and, and making it happen, that it would have been a lot harder. And I know for Heath, Heath is a lot like you, Kelsey, and that he loves to start things. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, he had never finished anything. And whenever people ask him, you know, what was his motivation for doing this whole 50 jobs in 50 states thing this whole documentary he always said like I just want to finish one thing I've started so many things I just want to finish one thing so having like that very clear goal and that that really yeah. strong motivation I was really just there to film the whole thing
0: Yeah gone on an it was adventure. Fun adventure Yeah, yeah always, always up for an adventure No I I think that that's really important especially cuz like 50 states mm-hmm. I mean you weren't like I'm going to go to like as many as possible like I'm going to go to like 37 states you know you're like no I'm <laughs> going to 50 states
1: and in a year
0: yeah that's what you're doing
1: it was crazy time
0: yeah I just I, I still think that's so cool because I started following you guys after you'd been through that already so you were already kind of into your transition of like the next phase of your life and Hourly America had not come out yet because I remember right. I went to the premiere right State. so that w- I think we'd been friends like a year when it came out
1: yeah, I, think it, was I, like I think it was the summer, fall, right after we finished filming that yeah. we met. Yes,
0: because I remember going to the the premiere of it in that you did with Friends and Family, not the WTS mm-hmm. premiere, because I know that was really cool. I would have loved to be there, but I couldn't go to that <laughs> one. But the one in Austin, I remember going to that, and I had my, my Franklin the RV t-shirt.
1: Oh, yeah. And it was really exciting. I don't know what happened to my Franklin
0: RV shirt. I used to have one. I have like a whole drawer in my closet for like, these are t-shirts from Heath and Alyssa events.
1: (laughs) We love t-shirts. Heath used to have a t-shirt printing company and he always loves when we have something where we can print more shirts for because he just loves t-shirts. He's very, like, don't get him started on like how much cotton should be in a shirt because he's (laughs) very passionate about this.
0: Who doesn't love free t-shirts? Or well, t-shirts in general for different events. (laughs) Love it. Especially if they're really cool. Which all of your shirts are, which most of mine come from the RV Entrepreneur Summit, which is kind of what I wanted to go into next. Mm-hmm. So you w- you did this huge project with Hourly America, and I think that was important because you did that together. I mean, that mm-hmm. would you say like that was your first big project together? I mean, you had just gotten married. Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, we started filming. I mean, I got the actual camera equipment in the mail because we had a sponsor. And so they sent us the camera equipment. I got it in the mail the morning of my wedding day. And I was like, (laughs) I was so excited. I thought someone had sent me like a wedding gift from Amazon (laughs) because we were registered on Amazon. I'm like, oh man, what a great start to my wedding day. And it's these cameras. And I'm like, so instantly stressed because I'm like, what am I doing with my life that I am going to go take a year and film a documentary in all 50 states? This is a stupid decision. I know nothing about cameras.
0: Which is obviously what you want to be thinking about on the morning of your wedding. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> sounds very calming.
1: Oh, yes. Very relaxing. Oh,
0: my goodness. So you you did it. You made it through. And you turned it into a documentary. So, I mean, you, you filmed it and you went on the trip and then you turned it into a documentary, which are two completely different, like, dreams of themselves – and then during that whole time, you had been building up this audience, and mm-hmm. you had the Make Money in RV Facebook group, which is now called the RV Entrepreneur, and Heath started the RV Entrepreneur podcast. Yeah. And then from that, I want to talk more about the RV Entrepreneur Summit. And mm-hmm. specifically, like, what did you take from the Hourly in America project mm-hmm. and how did that help you with planning the RV Entrepreneur Summit? Because I know you already had planning experience of conferences, specifically in college, but like mm-hmm. with you and Heath as a team, how did Hourly America help prepare you for the summit?
1: Well, we learned during Hourly America how to work together and how to not work together. You know, we learned a lot <laughs> about our, our strengths and our our weaknesses there. And we, you know, we filmed for the better part of the year And after we were done with Alaska, it was really hard for us to look at the footage and and figure out what the documentary was going to be. Mm -hmm. And we had realized as we were, you know, filming and writing these blogs and talking about our our adventure that we were not passionate about talking about hourly jobs in America. That was not what we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about traveling and, and all of these these thoughts that we were having about how we could actually be making money on the road because we were not really making money on the road when we were doing our documentary. Yeah. And Heath came up with this idea, as Heath does on a daily basis, to <laughs> um, to do this podcast talking about all these ways people are making money while traveling. And I really encouraged him to do it, but he was like, I can't do it yet. Like, we need to be making more money on the road and actually you know have a business that we're doing. And so together we started doing consulting with random clients again like mm-hmm. trying trying to figure out ways we could work together and how to use our skills and, and and stuff like that. And then eventually I think it was I guess it was like 8 months after we finished filming we were like okay we actually have to finish this documentary. And so we did a whole crowdfunding thing and hired an editor and got the whole documentary edited in like eight weeks, which is pretty fast for a feature feature league documentary. And we kind of had this realization that has really stuck with me over the years as it, as we tackle any project, especially as we tackled the, our first summit, it's that whatever it is that you want to do is not nearly as hard as you think it is. The hard part is just overcoming that mental barrier Of having to learn something new or thinking that you can't do it because with, you know, with the documentary, once we actually like hired a person and had this, this coach, I guess, saying here, do this, go do this. This is how, you know, a documentary works because we knew nothing about documentaries. It was a cinch. Like it just, it all fell into place and it got all put together and there was so much less stress on us because we realized, oh, if you don't know how to do something, like just find someone who does and let them coach you and let them help you. And so when it came to doing the summit, I obviously, like you said, I had experience doing conferences and planning events in college. So we already knew how to do the event. And it was really just a matter of figuring out like, how can we actually host it? And how can we create this experience where people walk away and they're they're wowed because we were feeling, you know, we've been RVing for a long time, but we haven't felt that there was a place where people like us really belonged people that they weren't RVing because they were retired and they weren't RVing to escape the real world. They were just RVing because they wanted to travel and it it was going to make their lives better. And they wanted to still work and contribute and do these things on the road. And that was really this whole vision that that Heath had when he started our Facebook group and when he was starting the podcast and when we were we were combining our our blogs because we had separate blogs up until that point and we really started focusing on this this really clear audience and before that and I guess that was end of twenty sixteen before that everything we had done was incredibly disjointed and so I know you talk about like oh like we have this these plans and they just they just happen, whatever. <laughs> they just happen <laughs> magically. I, just, I love that it, you know, stuff looks like that. And retrospect, it looks so clean and tidy. But you yeah. know, filming a filming a documentary about hourly work has nothing to do with RVing full time, which is what yeah. my book is about. And it's true. RVing has nothing to do with a lot of the business stuff that Heath wants to write about, or like the startup that he's launching. And so we've kind of slowly tried to find ways that we can blend all these things that we're doing together and it makes me think a lot about you whenever I give you advice I think (laughs) well I think I think about this when I give you advice because you have 17 things that you're trying to do all All at once, and none of none of them overlap and so trying to kind of figure out okay because we did you know 10 things that didn't overlap how can we kind of stack them on top of them Mm -hmm. on top of each other and which things can cross and which things can work together and Figure it out because I don't think it's good advice to tell someone, oh, you want to do these five things. You should really only do these two. Yeah. But it is good advice to say only do these two right now and yeah. you can integrate this later. Because if you try to do it all at once anyway, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get burned out.
0: Yeah, and it, it is, I think, that so many times when I've been like, I want to do all these different things, like I want to have a greeting card company, and I want to be a rock star, and I want to do podcast production, and I want to have an Amazon store, you know, like all these different things, and I want to sell knitwear, you know, like all these different things where it's like, okay, well, which of those are like fun things, and which one of them like actually brings in money? Yes, knitting <laughs> is fun, but let's maybe not do that for a living, Right, You know, things like that. So it's hard advice to take. But I think taking (laughs) feedback, I think it's really important to be able to take feedback. Because if you tell me something, I mean, I need to be able to process that and be like, does this serve me? Okay, maybe, maybe it does. Or be like, okay, you know, it doesn't. I'm just going to go a different way. But you have to at least be able to process it.
1: Right. Because not all advice is, even if the advice you hear is good, it might not be, you know, good advice for you or for your particular situation. People can only speak to what they've experienced.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting to hear you talk about all of this because – Some of it I did experience with you, some of it I did not. I mean, some things I have actually, like, been in the RV with you and Heath as you're, like, working on some of these projects. So Mm -hmm. I I have this cool insight into some of it. But, like, especially your Hourly America years, I don't really know anything about that because I didn't know you yet. I only saw what you were showing. And I feel like you and Heath were very honest and you know, the things you were going through. And I think that's what shows so much personality about you two and what makes you so lovable. So I I think that's really cool that you guys are so genuine because I feel like, yes, I mean, things do look really tight usually online, but you do definitely get to see pieces of you. Like, one of my favorite posts from your website is the help my husband locked me in the shower. Things like that. Like, it's very intriguing. It's very entertaining. It's just totally Heath and Alyssa.
1: It's you know, and that's the weird thing because it's very awkward publishing an article about being naked in yeah. the shower for an hour. <laughs> it's it's a very weird thing. Fortunately, I've never gotten any weird comments about how this is like a very popular blog post of ours because that would make me uncomfortable. But I think that's the most important thing you, as a content creator is to share all the parts of your life or as much as you you want people to see, and that's actually an argument that. Heath and I get into all the time when we talk about YouTube mm-hmm. because YouTube is like so heavily edited cuz I will have 45 minutes of footage and yeah. you get to see 7 of it and I'm very intentional about which of those 7 minutes that I will let people see because we say some really stupid stuff <laughs> and it need it needs to be edited out a lot but Heath and I will get in these arguments because I will talk about my character Mm-hmm. and he was like stop talking about your character like you're just you just be yourself I'm like no like there's a person that I want people to see and then there's really you know me and so yeah I think having having the blog and having this place like especially during hourly america where you can like totally be yourself and and share it mm-hmm. and share all the the stories and all the things that happen to you like are fridge blowing up and, and yeah. stuff like that. It is is so good for the soul. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that as our, yeah, our blog following has, has grown, how much more uncomfortable I get whenever I think about sharing stuff like that. Because I'm like, oh, well, these people don't want to hear about my personal life. They want five tips to get more traffic to your blog or you know, here's how to find campsites mm-hmm. faster or, 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 or whatever. It's
0: interesting to find that balance.
1: Yeah. And, th- and that's that's one thing that for some reason people say that Heath and I are really good at that. But I feel like it's something just that we are very cognizant of yeah. and as, as we write things, we try to make sure that there's a very good balance of here's stuff that is, you know, very informative and very practical that you can apply to your life. And here's this funny story about me getting locked in the shower, or, <laughs> or or whatever crazy thing happens. We we had the lock taken off that door for a while. So. Yeah,
0: I, I actually, can imagine.
1: We recently put it back on, and I'm very nervous about showering again in the rig because I it was not fun getting locked in there.
0: You need to create like some kind of device that you can like pull over the top of the shower and unlock yourself if that ever happens again.
1: There's just not enough room at the top of the shower. I've spent
0: a lot of time (laughs) dissecting this.
1: I've had a lot of people send me tips about how to get out of a walk shower.
0: hilarious.
1: It's one of the things I'm known for. That story is actually printed in um, Liz Wilcox's book. So it's
0: it's immortalized in print. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) That's really amazing. Well, I am... I'm happy that you chose to share that with the world because I'd be really (laughs) sad if you just kept all those thoughts to yourself because I just I don't know like I can just imagine like even reading the story I haven't read it in a long time but I just can like remember certain parts of it where you're like I've been in here like 45 minutes am I gonna die in the shower you know like you have those thoughts you're like oh I'm this is dramatic but you're like is it Is it dramatic? I've been in here forty five minutes. How long am I gonna be in here? How long will Heath be on the phone? For he realizes that he's locked me in a shower. (laughs) What could be happening in the world right now? I don't know. You know, these are my
1: real life thoughts. (laughs) That's insight straight into my brain.
0: I love it. For anyone who wants to read it. Well, I think that I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna link to it because we've been talking about it so much. (laughs) But that's really funny. What I'm hearing so much in this conversation is just behind the scenes of all of these different things that you guys have done. And I'd say specifically with the conference, how Mm -hmm. did you break down that plan? And what did it end up looking like in the end of creating the RV Entrepreneur Summit? I guess this first off, let's start with how did you and Heath get this idea?
1: Uh, our friend Michelle suggested it and she helps plan um, WDS, which you mentioned earlier, the World Domination Summit that our friend Chris hosts every year. He just had his eighth one like last weekend. Amazing. And so she she just casually suggested it once in our Facebook group. And I didn't even see the comment, but it kind of planted this bug in Heath's ear. And Heath mentioned to me like, hey, we should we should plan a conference. But I'm pretty sure I laughed at him. I was like, we've never even hosted a meetup. <laughs> Like, we've never said, like, hey, we're at this campground, let's host a meetup, even. So why would we host a conference? He does not heed my advice. Sometimes that's a good thing, like in the case of the summit. But he really wanted wanted this to happen. So we talked to a friend, Eric and Brittany Highland, who've spoken at our past two conferences. And they were like, if you want to do it, like, just go for it. And, you know, if, if there's only 30 people that show up, what, like, that's fine. And so that was kind of our, our plan that we were going to host this small conference. And I think we only even put up like 50 tickets for sale because, you know, if you put up 50 and you only sell like 30 or that's still pretty good. Like you sold 60% of, of your tickets. So we sold tickets and gosh, this was two years ago now. I think they sold out in the first 24 hours, if I recall correctly. Yeah, because last year they sold out in the first ninety minutes, which yeah, that's crazy, insane. <laughs> and whenever those tickets sold out, before Heath had and I had even like figured out speakers, we hadn't figured out a schedule or anything like that. That's what really validated us to us, like what we were talking about earlier about this community that really needed a you know a place to meet and a and a place to chat about business and RV life and, and what it's like to get on the road and all these things. And so we were going to create that and to have two sold out conferences was really validated to us like, OK, this is a need in the industry and we're going to do our best to basically throw an awesome four day party for all of them, because at the end of the day, we kind of said there are there three things that we wanted people to get out of it. One, we just wanted them to make friends, which that's been the coolest thing. Like you said, all your podcast guests have been people that you met from the summit. And so to be able to look at people who've met up, because we see it on on Instagram, we see it on mm-hmm. Facebook and being like, hey, hey, those cool kids are friends because they came to my conference. Yeah, that's a really cool side effect. So friends was a, a really big value for us. The second one was just that you know people would learn something. We brought in a lot of speakers that taught on a lot of crazy random topics because it we had no idea what people were really looking for. So we were like, oh, let's have a photography workshop and a blogging workshop and let's talk about, you know, hiring virtual assistants and and whatever other random things we can get experts in here to talk on. And then our third value is just that people had fun. And that was kind of the for me as I planned it, that was my guiding value is, you know, you want people to walk away with a memory of, you know, some crazy cool experience. Because you all the stuff you learn in the sessions, it kind of fades over time. But if you can, you know, hike to the top of Enchanted Rock or if you can do this champagne toast and if you can run you know, across
0: a giant trampoline yes,
1: and get group you can, photos. Yes. All, the, all these random things that we do throughout <laughs> the weekend. And so I don't, I don't even know where I was going with that thought, but just incorporating these chances for people to create memories And I think a lot of that is what you know travel ends up being about to people like you collect these photos and you collect these memories some people collect things as they travel but RVers don't really do that because where would we put it yeah but creating an experience that can can last
0: yeah sounds like you had those guiding principles so while Mm -hmm. you were putting together this plan you had these principles that would help you at every step of the way. Because I feel like when you have that, at every decision, you can be like, okay, well, we have these different catering options. Which of these is going to give the best experience for the best price for everyone and everyone's going to have a lot of fun?
1: Yeah. Actually, technically, with our catering, there weren't any catering companies in the actual town where we were in. (laughs) So uh, options were limited there. But yes, and I, you know, I feel sorry for anyone that's listening to me ramble and telling all these random stories about my life, if they were looking for actual concrete tips. (laughs) But if I did have to give a concrete tip is that establish these values, think about the things that actually are really important to you, whether it's in your life, or if it's in a certain business, or if it's an adventure that you want to pursue. And across the board, generally, like those three values, community, fun, and knowledge They kind of transcend all the different things we do, but they are specific for the summit. But knowing exactly what they are and knowing that those are things that I value in life, it helps me so much to make decisions, especially when I can break it off and be like, okay, YouTube, that's where I do all the fun stuff. Like that's the videos of us going on overnight cruises and going on jet boats and hiking and doing all this fun stuff. And then I've got the blog and that's all about knowledge and, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing tips and tactics and all that crap and then we've got you know Facebook and our Facebook group like that's all about community it's all about connecting these other people that have like-minded things and that's exactly you know like I said one of the big things for the summit is bringing all these people together in a place where they can meet and connect
0: yeah and what's really cool about that too is all of these people I mean what we have in common is RVing but the interests outside of that can be completely different. I mean, there's so many people that are in different professions. We may all work remotely, but that doesn't mean we all do the same things. A lot of people may want to be travel bloggers, but other people may have jobs in marketing. They may have their own business. They may work remotely, or they may be like a traveling nurse or all these other different professions. Maybe they're stationary somewhere for a while, but the common theme is that we all love to travel and we want a different type of lifestyle and I feel just being a part of the RV entrepreneur community I mean I grew up in an RV but I don't currently have one but I still feel so connected to this community and I feel like I can accomplish more and go after my dreams because I have a support network that at any moment would love to support me in my dreams just like I would love to do for them
1: and that's that's huge At the end of the day, if you're pursuing anything new, if you don't have a community that's going to back you up, it's going to be ten times harder. That's how it was for us, like with Hourly America too. We didn't have, we didn't have that community yet, which is again like why Heath created the Facebook group and why he created this whole community. A lot of credit um, goes to him because I'm, I'm very content not talking to humans, but
0: (laughs) I have Heath makes me do it often.
1: Yes. Well, I text you. you. See the difference there?
0: Let's <laughs> start calling we're not in you. The
1: same, we're not in the same
0: city. I'm mean, going to see how uncomfortable you are when I start just calling you all the time.
1: <laughs> you going to see like, how quickly I, I decline. <laughs> I'm just
0: kidding. I love you, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm just
1: you. Anyway, um, so we're talking about community. Yeah, if you can find a community, I mean, a lot of people are really big into having a mastermind group or having a small group or something like that, but I don't think anything ever has to be that formal just if you have some friends that'll be there and say you got this or who will listen to you complain
0: or give
1: you that text that you need whenever you're about to do something scary
0: make sure you're complaining to like the right people not like if you're complaining about your own business don't complain to your friends that like hate their nine to five jobs
1: oh my gosh yes that is so (laughs) important find the right people to complain to yeah I'm going to have to write that down because that's very good life advice. Yeah, I
0: mean, like, complaining in general, like, it's good to not do it. But if you're going to do it, like, do it to someone who will actually be able to help you kind of work through it. Mm Mm-hmm. I have friends who have nine to five jobs. And if they complain to me, I'm like, quit, quit your jobs, hit the road, do this, then this and that. (laughs) And they're like, I don't want to quit my job and like sell my home and put my family in an RV. I'm like, well, then don't complain about not going on my trips. You know, this is make sure you're complaining to the right people. I I mean, if you want to quit your job, complain to me. That's great. But if you don't want to quit your job, I'm not the right person to talk to
1: Exactly. I mean, we could be giving everyone life advice right now, like, don't complain. It's so much better to practice gratitude. And I'm sure that's all right. Or you could just find someone that you can commiserate with, and that will listen to your complaints and totally understand. And that I would say is far more valuable, because it's just unrealistic to think that I'm never going to complain.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say like complaining, you know, you got to get it out. It's just like, you know, there's being sad, you know, it's okay to do it. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. probably put down roots there in that emotion, but like, (laughs) you know, complain to someone, get your stuff out because you got that energy and get it out. Talk to someone and then just be like, you know what? Where's this coming from? What can I do about it? Well, I'm really frustrated because I'm not following my dreams. All right. Well, you go follow your dreams. Yes, I will follow my dreams. You know, like (laughs) exactly. Just like
1: that. Do you journal?
0: I've started doing a kind of journaling gratitude style ironically Mm. since you say that and so I was doing that this morning I've been doing it for like a week now I've never been good at keeping a journal but what I started doing is I'll do like okay here's the date and I'm so happy and grateful for and then I'll do a whole page of what I'm grateful for and I'll try to do it relevant to that day or just whatever stream of consciousness comes to mind and this morning I did it with my 10 year old niece and so Mm -hmm. they just got a new puppy (laughs) and so it's like I'm grateful for my wonderful niece and then it's like, okay, what do you want, Maddie? And she's like, oh, my puppy. What else are you grateful for? Puppy love. What else are you grateful <laughs> for? Puppy cuddles. Yes, yes, I love puppies are fantastic. Well, let's just love on puppies today. Like, that's just what my gratitude journal is today.
1: I mean, puppies are very cute and, and worthy of all the gratitude.
0: <laughs> exactly. Do you journal?
1: No, well, kind of. And no, not at all. At the same time. Is that possible? yes it totally is I I used to journal I don't understand anyone that ever says that they do something every day other than sleep and eat like that's the only things I can do every day because it's, it's impossible right it's impossible to do the same thing every single day And I really don't want to hear anyone that wants to message me and be like, I do this every single day and I'm amazing at it. Because in my mind, no, it's just impossible and I am normal.
0: Well, I I also feel like with our lifestyles and our values and our passions, it usually tends to go more towards that spontaneity. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'm just kind of thinking of this on the spot. Maybe what would be kind of cool is be like, okay, every day I'm going to do one of these like fun, positive things. I'm gonna do a gratitude journal I'm gonna do like affirmations And have some like happy things But then also you're not guaranteed to be in a good mood every day So maybe one of your things is like I'm really angry right now And I'm gonna go punch a punching bag Because it's good for me And that's good to let out my aggression You know maybe like your thing that you do every day Is one of those five things you've predetermined
1: I kind of do something similar to that But I always should add the punching bag thing on there
0: Everyone should have a punching bag Everyone should have one
1: I like that idea because I think a lot of advice that you hear is like, oh, well, you should journal every day, you should meditate every day, and then you'll become a really healthy, successful person and everyone will love you. But it's much more realistic to say like, okay, here's these five habits that would be really beneficial for me mentally, like, you know, journaling or exercising or whatever. And I'm going to just try to do as many of them as I can every single day, quote unquote, depending on my mood. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this amazing video today and okay Facebook watch I've never used Facebook watch because I'm like why can't just put this on YouTube why is Facebook trying to reinvent the wheel but I was scrolling through my phone today and I got sucked into Facebook watch and I was on (laughs) like my my fourth video in a row so what you're
0: saying is that it did work eventually it it, it totally works (laughs) Facebook. good job Facebook
1: yeah anyway so i'm watching this video and it's i have no idea who the, the interview guy is but he's talking to nastia lucan which is a um, world-class gymnast been to the olympics amazing person in general she's just so cool she was in the movie stick it okay. which is why i also think that she's so cool because weirdly that is even my favorite movie that's anyway. so
0: funny <laughs> continue continue.
1: so I'm I'm scrolling through Facebook watch and I see Nassia Lucan's face I'm like oh my gosh that's Nasia Lucan like I wonder what she has to say and I'm 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 watching and I'm reading because they put the text up on the video which is so handy and she's talking about how you know when she was little she had to train every single day for gymnastics for for hours and there were days where she would come home she would be like mom that's it I'm quitting like I don't want to do this anymore her mom would always say Okay, that's fine. Like, I'm never going to force you to do gymnastics, but I'm not going to let you quit today. I want you to keep going until you have one good day and then you can quit. And so she would, you know, listen to her mom because she's a kid and you have to it when you're, and she would go back and sometimes it'd be the next day. And sometimes it'd be three days later or five days later, but she would come home from that good day and be like, mom, I had a good day today. And her mom would say, okay, are you ready to quit? And she would say, No, I never said I wanted to quit. I love (laughs) gymnastics." And she said this would happen multiple times over the years. And that she's taken that kind of mindset with her in life. I have no idea what she was doing now. Facebook watch did not give me all this information. But (laughs) taking this mindset with her in life that no matter what it is that you're doing, there's going to be days where you want to quit. And there's going to be days where you wake up and you don't want to get out of bed. And you're wondering why you're pursuing this. And she was like, Just giving that advice that don't quit on that day when it's really, really hard. Wait until you have a good day. And if you still want to quit then,
0: then quit. I love that. Like don't quit on a bad day. When you're working on bringing your dreams to life, there's gonna be bad days. Like there's gonna be times when you're launching a product and your email server goes down or you're launching this product and your Amazon account gets suspended or something. I don't know, like whatever you're trying to do, these things happen and you just gotta push through them because that's not the only way to sell your online course or to go achieve this goal that you've been wanting to do anything that you want to be doing, you're going to have hard days. But I love that like on a good day, because there are times when maybe your dream isn't serving you. But Mm -hmm. a bad day is not a good time to make that decision.
1: Yep. No, so that's, that's one that's going to stick with me for a while. I just saw that video today. If I if I knew, you know, anything about how to find Facebook watch videos again, then I
0: would tell you, I will search for this. Wow, that's really, that's really, that's, you just drop like some like truth bombs here, Alyssa, through this like I am video. here to
1: quote the brilliance of other people and things that I've learned from the internet. That's very that's wise. What I'm here
0: for. Because <laughs> everything on the internet is obviously true.
1: And extremely helpful and beneficial to you in every way.
0: Everything, you should always believe it. Yes. yes. <laughs> Especially if you are listening to this podcast, everyth- everything is true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, to yeah. the
0: best of our abilities.
1: It's all brilliant, I'm
0: sure. Yeah, so that's just so much interesting conversation. And real quick, <laughs> I just, I want to kind of go into your book because I really, because we talked about your community and I feel like the mm-hmm. community, like having that community behind you and like having the success of of all the projects that came before it, including the conference, how did that help you going into your book launch? Because I'm I'm obsessed with your book launch. Because I think it was just so smart. Not only that, you just, you had a book launch, you know? And I think that anyone, when you're launching any kind of project, any kind of dream, and we talked about this with the things that I'm trying to do, having that community behind you. So how did you bring that community together and how did that impact the project?
1: Okay, loaded question. (laughs) Let Let me see if I can break it down. So like I mentioned earlier, after we filmed Hourly America, we kind of just like, scraped together with as many freelance projects as we could get. But the problem was that Heath and I had very little life experience because we were 23 or 24 at the time. Mm -hmm. And a friend, perhaps very stupidly, asked us to help him launch his course. And we had (laughs) no experience in launching courses and knew nothing about online courses whatsoever. I had taken one and out of the, like the three of us, Heath and, and this friend and me, like I was the only one who'd ever even purchased and worked through an online course. It's okay. so like we were we were not qualified. None of us were qualified to be doing this. Um, but we learned so much and Heath and I hustled to make it happen. And we just kept getting these clients. I think we ended up doing like a dozen course launches over, over I don't know, the year and a half that we were doing this freelance work. So we really honed our plan of, here's how the process goes. And there were a couple of book launches in there as, as well. So I had a little bit of experience with book launches, but not as much. And so we we honed this plan. We kind of had this whole system set up. So I knew how it all worked. And I thought that it'd be really easy to implement when it was my own book, because I would know the content like the back of my hand. Yeah. But it, it was so hard, because it, there was such such an intimacy there of of like, this is my baby, and now I have to actually convince people that it's worth reading. So that was like a really hard mental hurdle that I did have to get over. But I, I kept trying to like take that out of it consciously. In my mind, I would pretend like I was picking something up and like moving it to the other side of the table. Like, okay, here's my ego and my hopes and my dreams and my fears and my failures. And I'm just going to move that to the side. Because I need to actually launch this book. And this actually needs to be a very methodical, emotionless kind of thing. Yeah. And so I assembled a launch team, which, you know, you mentioned community. I reached out to people in the community, specifically people who had come to that first summit. Mm-hmm. So these were people that I had actually met in real life. and And having that bond with them, I think, ended up being really invaluable because, you know, there's one thing where it's someone that follows you on Instagram and it's next level up if they, you know, follow your blog and it's next level up if they follow you on YouTube because they, they've seen your face and they've heard your voice yeah. and they, they feel like you know you. But if it's someone that's like met you in real life, then that's like, like mega fan status. Like, of <laughs> course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you with your book launch because I, I like you and I know you. Yeah. And so assembling a team of people that work at that Level and, and I only did ask specific people and make sure that I was really focusing on on mi- just having a small team of more effective people mm-hmm. rather than trying to have this big launch team.
0: And how many people were or were in that launch team? Fifty. Okay. Which
1: I was kind of kind of disappointed by because in my mind, having done other launches, it's like you want a hundred reviews. For your yeah. book. I was like well I'm only asking 50 people like yeah it's gonna take me forever to get to this 100 but he agreed with me when I was you know talking about it that 50 would be much easier like this is my first launch of my own product I didn't mm-hmm. know how it was gonna go like start with a small number and in the future whenever we launch more books or do whatever we want to do then we can you know have a bigger launch team so I started yeah. with this, these 50 people I talked to them all individually made sure they like double or triple were like totally telling me that they were they were in they were okay with me emailing them they were okay with being added to a Facebook group because some people don't check their email some people don't check Facebook
0: I think that's really important that you you didn't just send a mass email to people and be like okay can you all like be part of this group you talk to each person because that's I mean 50 people like that's a lot of conversations
1: and it, it does take more time but it's kind of boils down to How to affect? How effective do you want to be, and how do you want to run your business? Because I could have very easily hired you or hired a VA and be like, "Hey, can you email all these people and Mm -hmm. tell them these, these bullet points?" But partially because of the intimacy with the project, but like this is the book that I spent a year and a half writing, and partially because I just wanted to, like, you want kind of want to be on the ground floor, so to speak, and like experience and talk with these people and hear their reactions to the book and get their feedback and all this. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It was a very interesting process for me. But it's been really cool to see how that initial launch, really, because I've still got that Facebook group, but it's still growing. It really affected those people. And I felt like I could actually teach them a lot along the way, because I created this launch team. And because I was able to To share the experience with them. So I feel like we're like this really close group of friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) almost now because we've been through this together. Maybe that's just my mindset because I feel like we've really been through something difficult together. But to them, they're like, I just posted a review of your book. This is all I've
0: done. (laughs) This is all I've done. I don't know. That's so great. No, that's it's it's amazing because not only that, like you're actually like having a conversation with each individual person and they're much more likely to help you. And you're I think feel like it's just a step forward in the relationship for both of you. It's hard to reach out to people for help to honestly be like, hey, I'm working on this project. This is a dream of mine. Will Mm -hmm. you help me?
1: And I suck at asking for help. You can ask my husband. I'm not the kind of person that's ever going to be like, I cannot do this on my own. I really could use you. And so I think that was probably a really good experience for me just in general to be like, okay, I recognize that I'm going to need an army of people to help me actually <laughs> get this get this book launched. And another part of having the launch team was that it it really made me be beholden to the launch date that I set because here were these people that were that were waiting that had instructions of like Here's how to go buy the book. And yes, I want you to buy it, even it's gonna be listed for free, but yes, I would like you to buy it because here's why it's gonna help get me better Amazon reviews and it doesn't, you know, get my book fly by Amazon. I don't want my book to get taken down mm-hmm. and, and and all these these things that I, I learned along the way that I was able to share with them. And so I don't feel like I did anything particularly new yeah. or or cool with my book launch but I think I did it very publicly and I shared as much as I could about the process mm-hmm. with people. And we've, we've been doing a, a series on our own podcast about how, how to write and launch your own book. And so we've been sharing even more of that um, there. And so I think that's why so many people have looked at it and been like, Oh, this is really cool. And I want to launch my own, my own product." Like, please, please help me with it. I've gotten a couple of emails like that. And I'm like, um, Launching is really scary. I'm not sure if I'm emotionally able to do that right now, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't remember what your question was. So now I'm just, (laughs) now I'm just rambling about all the stresses associated with launching.
0: (laughs) When you launched the book and you had this community behind you, how did it, I mean, how did it feel like once it got launched and everything and you had all these people on board and you started to see the success of this book and it's, it's grown over time.
1: It's been strange. It's the only word that I can think of to describe it. It's been very weird because my initial goals with the book were not as, I guess, high as they should have been. My goal was to make $50 a month. And in my first two weeks or like my first month was only two weeks long because Amazon does it by like the calendar month. So Mm -hmm. November, I made $1,000.
0: You definitely exceeded your goals.
1: It definitely exceeded my goal. And then I made a little bit more the next month and a little bit more the next month and a little bit more the next month. And it's continued to grow steadily, which is the weirdest thing, because that is very abnormal for um, most books on Amazon. Normally, Mm -hmm. you see like the biggest spike at the beginning, and then it kind of slowly tapers off. Mine has been slowly getting more and more each month. Um, I don't have an explanation for you or a secret for you on (laughs) that, which is part of the reason why it does feel like it's been so strange and especially just knowing that this little thing that I just wrote on my computer is now a physical book that's like 200 pages I think I can't even believe that I wrote 200 pages let alone that it's printed and that that people are are buying it but yeah that's out there
0: and it's a really interesting feeling too because that's the kind of the feeling like okay I had this dream Mm -hmm. I made my plan got my people behind it and it launched and it's successful now what
1: yes okay yes let's talk about this even (laughs) though we've already been talking for a really long time okay now what because you should freaking launch a book and there should obviously be fireworks and champagne and confetti (laughs) and those little popper thingies that shoot stuff out because you did this really big thing and I admittedly, I'm really bad at celebrating things. I've tried to get better. And like when we launched my book, we went out to for Chinese food, which is basically my love language, just going out and eating Chinese <laughs> food. So we go out for Chinese food and I'm like, we are celebrating. This is awesome. And then you kind of realize, oh, well, that product's over. Like, what am I going to do now? And it's the worst feeling in the world because it's you just want to revel for a little mm-hmm. while. You know, you just want to revel and enjoy the fact that you I did this huge thing that's been on your bucket list for years. Heath made fun of me once because um, he saw my my bucket list that had been written in an old spiral, pretty sure while I was in like a social studies class in high school. I'm pretty sure number one, I was stupid then. It was like run a marathon because I'm definitely never going to do that. But <laughs> number two was write a book. And then the next one was write a good book. And he just teased me, (laughs) teased me relentlessly. He was like, why wouldn't you write a good book the first time? The
0: first time.
1: (laughs) And I'm like, because I'm not going to know what I'm doing. (laughs) And to me, I'm like, this is perfectly logical. How on earth would you think that the first thing that I would ever write would be perfect? Like, thank you for your faith in me. But that's not realistic. (laughs) Perhaps that shows more into my character of being an extreme, uh, Realist, and so in my mind, as soon as that first book was done, in my mind, I even though I've got like 65 star reviews and I should be feeling amazing about myself, I'm like, All right, let's write the good book now. Oh, uh, I have no idea what it's going to be about, but you know, that, like that's where your brain goes. Yes. It's, that, it's that now what, and I don't have a solution for how to dump that feeling, but I'm looking for one
0: in Chris Gillibo's book, The Happiness of Pursuit. Yes. You know?
1: Just doing stuff feels good. There's like this t-shirt where it says dreamer and it's crossed out and then it says doer
0: in big letters.
1: And I think that's really what so many, especially entrepreneurs, are looking for. Like, we just want to be doing something. We just want to be using our hands and creating something. And we don't care what that is, yeah. We just want to always be doing something and pursuing the next thing.
0: Yeah, and I think if you can do with a plan and a direction, then you'll accomplish so much. If you're doing, you're doing all the time. If you have a focus, it's amazing what you can accomplish.
1: That's so true. As long as you focus. So let's try to boil down everything that we've just said in the past hour. (laughs) Focusing is is huge. Focus on one, maybe two things. That's probably the thing that Kelsey, you need to hear the most. Just knowing you as a person. thanks,
0: Thanks for that so that call out right there
1: pick pick your pick your one or two things
0: uh that's so hard
1: have your guiding values like I know that you have values like if you didn't you wouldn't have started this podcast that is very on theme by the way with what you want to do in life so see see you're doing it you're you're following the plan
0: following my dreams girl so I feel like
1: actually what spurred us to even do this podcast interview was that I wrote down a life plan for you on a like a hotel notebook when we were hanging out.
0: (laughs) I carry this since you did this for me. Like, what was it like two to three weeks ago? I have carried that with me every day in my purse. Really? When I take it out, I'm like, okay, Alyssa made this plan. Get your, (laughs) get your stuff together. It's time to launch this podcast and do all this stuff. And yeah. Like Alyssa believes in you. She took the time out of her very, very busy schedule <laughs> of being a rock star and making stuff happen to make this plan for you so you can be a finisher too. That actually gives me a really
1: good idea that all the people in your community, you should have them all write on a piece of paper. I just like I believe in you or you can do it or whatever. And you should I- put that by your computer. This is yeah. my this is my new vision. Okay. Y'all actually all the speakers and Kelsey included for our last summit all wrote on a card for us. And they all wrote things like, you know, you're amazing. Thank you. And all these like really sweet messages. And I'm like, I have to frame this card because this is going to be the best possible reminder when I am having a bad day and I want to quit that there are people out there who have been impacted by the decisions that I've made and who care about me and who want me to succeed. A lot of actionable advice, I feel like, sneaking in to this rambling podcast episode here.
0: Yeah. So you had your, your focusing, then you have mm-hmm. your guiding values. Mm-hmm. And then what else would you say for following your dreams?
1: Let's see. Recognizing that nothing that you want to pursue is as hard as you think it's going to be. So stop delaying it and stop wasting time. Like I said, we waited almost a year from when we said we were going to have our documentary. Actually, we said we were going to launch our documentary August 2015, and it launched, or it didn't launch, it's a documentary. It was premiered September 2016. So it was a year later than we initially planned because we got caught up in that fear of the unknown and not knowing what we were doing. So recognizing that nothing that you are going to pursue is as hard as you think it was going to be. Slash, you can just Google it, and Google has the answers to everything. Okay, yes. That's, that's what all of my business and successes could be boiled down to is me just Googling. Just Google it. How, how do you get a book on Amazon?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's how you find anything out. Yes. And then I'd, I'd say with that, like finding an expert.
1: Oh, yeah. If you can follow, well, I'm biased because I think we have a pretty good blog. But if you can follow a blog of someone that is doing whatever you want to do, yeah. soak up everything that they have to say.
0: Well, for example, like I have been a podcast producer for a year and a half. I know how to launch a podcast. I've done it for other people. I know how to edit a podcast. I know how to put all this stuff together, write the show notes. I know how to do all these things, but I have never been a podcast host. So I invested in Pat Flynn's Power Up podcasting course because I'm like, I want an expert to walk me through this step by step and I'm willing to put my money behind it to bring this dream to life because I know I need help.
1: And putting your money behind it is so important. Like I said, like we hired an editor for our film because, you know, there's things that you just can't do on your own that if you pay for them, you know, you'll make it happen because you feel it then.
0: Yeah. Like you,
1: you feel like, okay, this is real.
0: I just lost thousands of dollars out of my bank account. <laughs> I have to do this now. Have to do it. And then I would say with that, like accountability.
1: hmm Having people to fall back on, having someone that's going to say, hey, why, why isn't this done or... You said you were going to do this like how can I help make it happen yes
0: yeah, so like accountability and community
1: yes absolutely
0: I love that well I'm I'm already imagining the blog post that I'm going to write up like with <laughs> all of this amazing wisdom mm-hmm. so I'm very excited so do you have any other final words of advice for our listeners before we go into our fun rapid fire questions that I have prepared for you
1: oh um now I'm like nervous because all I can think about is that I'm about <laughs> to have to go through like a lightning round. I'm picturing that episode of Friends where they do the lightning round. Um, <laughs> last minute advice, I would say what my dad always used to say to me growing up. I remember, so I gave this speech at our graduation and I felt like a total cheese ball saying it. I'm going to feel like a cheese ball now, but it's so true. <laughs> it's that you can do anything. My dad used to tell us that all the time. He's like, you can do anything you want. And it wasn't until, you know, I started being an entrepreneur that I realized I can literally, I can do anything that I want. All I had to do is take the time to learn it and be bold enough to make it happen. This is why I'm living in a RV in someone's backyard right now.
0: Goals. Goal. Yeah. Goals right there. (laughs) You can live in the backyard of someone else's house too. If only you dream.
1: Only. (laughs) Yes.
0: If only you can dream as big as
1: us. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's let's hear the these lightning round questions. Yes. I'm, I'm so intrigued.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. So, timed questions. All right. You ready for this? Yeah. Ready? Okay. Name one thing that makes you happy.
1: I have a set of these vintage looking National Park postcards, and they're all over my wall, and they're so beautiful. I'll just send you a picture.
0: I love those. I can't wait to see your picture. All right. Name one thing that you're grateful for.
1: I got these new essential oils, and they smell amazing, and now my house smells really good. And bonus because they're the ones that make you happy you know like lemon and lavender and all this stuff and i'm sleeping better so i'm just like oh yeah it's they're freaking magical tools man
0: side note on like natural wellness yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right favorite place you've ever visited
1: oh shoot that's impossible to answer
0: or one of the places one of your favorite places
1: the place that comes to mind is that there was this beach we went to in um, New Zealand on the North Island. I can't remember if it was like, Ha, huh, it was Fungamata maybe. And it's just this huge sand beach. And there were like three waterfalls coming off a cliff that were like hitting into the sand and then running into the beach. I'm like, what is this magical fairyland that I am in right now? It's amazing.
0: <laughs> Love it. All right. Your favorite book,
1: Ooh, a million miles in a thousand years by Donna Miller is mm. usually my go-to answer, but I'm gonna mix it up because I just read Julia Child's book, My Life in France. Uh, okay, not not her cookbook, but My Life in France. And weirdly, it is probably the best book on business that I've read in a really long time. Fascinating. Yes, and and it's a lot of f- food and recipes and Yum. like mixed into it, and I was so hungry every time i read
0: (laughs) (laughs) a podcast that you're listening to right now
1: i don't listen to podcasts but i did actually just i just listened to hold on i have hold on pause i have to look up what it's called i really did just listen to a podcast the other day because Heath likes to listen to them what's it called marketing school with neil patel
0: okay yeah yeah
1: yeah because their episodes are are five minutes long and if it's more than 10 minutes it's, I can't, I cannot focus for that long. I get So what distracted. you're saying
0: is you're not going to listen to this podcast episode that we're recording right now.
1: I can't listen to myself. I sound like an <laughs> idiot. Okay.
0: Something that you do for fun.
1: I like to color.
0: Oh, I love coloring. All right. And something on your bucket list.
1: Ooh, something on my bucket list. I really want to see the Northern Lights.
0: Ooh. Can you do that in Canada? I can't believe
1: that I haven't. Yes, you can. Apparently you could in Maine and I just was I didn't go outside the night that you happened to be able to see them from my campground and my friend got pictures and I was super jealous. But yeah. I'm going to try. We're going to be in Canada like through October and mm, okay. I'm going to make this happen. Otherwise, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to get one of those room um, rooms in one of those like glass hotels in Norway where you can like sleep nicely.
0: I think that that should be our next girls trip after <laughs> Disney World. Norway. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Like, I'm going to do a lot of knitting. It's going to be fantastic.
1: Yes, please knit me some warm clothes.
0: (laughs) Sweaters take so long. So if you ever get a sweater from me, like, it's how you know that I really love you. (laughs) I love it. Well, that is all of the rapid fire questions.
1: All my answers also happen to be things that are right in front of me. So I might have been cheating. Uh, No, it's
0: totally fine because is it really cheating or are those things just front of mind? Are they front of mind because they're in front of you or are they front of mind because are they in front of you because they are front of mind I, it's like <laughs> inception who knows oh, who knows all right well Alyssa, it has been so much fun talking with you today and can just think of so many like episodes that we could just go off of and all these topics i think this was a really good intro episode i think we're going to be talking a lot more about these in the future
1: Oh, goody. I'll try to be, you know, less rambling stories about me being naked in a shower next time.
0: (laughs) Well, where is the best place that people can contact you?
1: Um, Contact me, com would probably be the best. But we do have our Facebook group, too. If you search the RV Entrepreneur, you should be able to find it.
0: Yes, and there's all sorts of cool stuff, and they have super cool videos on their vlog about their latest travels in New Zealand. Super fun. And if you're interested in joining the RV lifestyle, be sure to head over to Amazon and pick up Alyssa's book. What is it called?
1: A Beginner's Guide to Living in an RV.
0: Love it. Well, it is a fantastic book. Thank you. I'm not just saying that because I got to read it before it came out and I feel really special. <laughs> and one of my photos is in it. So I think that's pretty cool.
1: Okay. No, the best part was though, because Kelsey did read my book, um, like edit, read my book before it came out and she would laugh out loud while she was reading it. And it was the best feeling in the world. <laughs> Cause it's like, yes, I am funny. Someone is laughing at my writing. It was amazing
0: quick story before we go though when okay. I was doing the editing this this happens a lot being with you guys so behind the scenes look here I was reading the book and you're like okay do you have any feedback and I was like well when you're talking about the different rigs it would be really great if maybe you could show a picture of them and then out of nowhere Heath is like aha I told you it needed <laughs> photos and you're like this is not a conversation that you are in right now and I was just like I didn't say anything <laughs>
1: Yes, welcome to the glimpse of our marriage.
0: (laughs) It was just hilarious. And it's just that whole thing about hearing feedback. And he's like, well, Kelsey said it. And I'm like, don't bring me into this. (laughs) Don't
1: do this. Well, guess what? They won. There's photos in my book. I still think it was
0: great. I
1: I think they look terrible. Whatever. What are my opinions?
0: Yeah, whatever. (laughs) It's just your book and all of like your writing. Anyways. So much fun. Well, it has been so much fun talking to you. And thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, Kelsey. It was a blast. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Alyssa and are now excited about bringing your dreams to life. If your dreams include traveling, RVing, or being a digital nomad, you should definitely check out their website at heathandalissa.com. They have great articles about RV life and very entertaining stories from the road. On the website, you can also find the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, which is amazing and you should listen to it. Don't forget to check out Alyssa's book, A Beginner's Guide to Living in an RV. I'll link up to the book in the show notes for this episode over at positivelydelighted.com. You can also search for it directly on Amazon by searching the book title or Alyssa Padgett. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Positively Delighted show. Be sure to head over to positivelydelighted.com to get the show notes for this episode. If you liked the show so far and you've been learning a lot from the content, I would love if you could go to iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app and leave a review. You would be my favorite person ever. Thank you so much again, and I hope you have a positively delighted day. See you next time.